T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the latest edition of the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show, say it with me, within the show. We peel back the curtain on how the DA show sausage is made each and every week. You can listen to us on the normal DA show podcast feed. So if you listen to the show, either in one hour increments or bite-sized best of edition every single day, you'll get this PGP along with it. You'll also get the Permission Granted Podcast on its own Permission Granted Podcast feed. So you can simply search Permission Granted if you listen to the show live and just want to hear the PGP in podcast form. Bingo, bango, you are all set. Last week, we talked about how young Aiden from Marquette, who needs a better nickname at this point in time, was helping you, Mraz, get some connections to PR agencies for some prospects of the NFL drafted. Last week of the PGP, you had alluded to the fact that it was going worse than previous years, that you did not see prospects being available to you, even from PR companies. And one agent asked for payment for his prospect to be on the air, and we never pay for any of our guests to be on the show. They're allowed to promote what they want to promote, but we do not have any cash exchange, no payment exchange. Today we had Trey Lance on the show. So was Trey a a byproduct of Aiden in Marquette helping you or getting you connected to those PR companies? Uh, Yes and no, but yes. I mean, the answer is yes. I was able to contact the contact in which that Aiden set me up for Trey Lance. Contact the contact. Contact the contact. And that contact was able to put me in touch with the people who would be repping Trey Lance's first product. He was promoting Sleep Number, which is a big sponsor, obviously, on the DA show. It just so happened who he was aligned with on that campaign was a PR rep that we deal with regularly. As a matter of fact, the same people that got us Ricky Fowler on the show just last week. Wow. And I don't know this to be factual, but my assumption is we likely would have been asked a day later, two days after I got into this contact, if we wanted Trey Lance because I have a good relationship with them and it was in our time window, regardless of me reaching out. But I don't know that for a fact. And the wheels in motion started thanks to the hard work that our young Aiden did from Marquette in getting me the original contact. 
So he's really paying dividends. He got his Mina Kimes last week, NFL draft analyst for ESPN. And he helped us lock in Trey Lance this week. So far, our only prospect of the spring before the draft. So Aiden's really pulling his weight these days. Huge. And as it stands on CBS Sports Radio, obviously we, we had talked about other shows having all, all these guests on and, and who's had who on. I believe as it stands, we still have two days to go, and I could be blown away, and maybe Jim has somebody huge on. I don't know that we're getting either Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, probably the top two picks on the show, and who knows about Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Right now, Trey Lance is the only one been on draft week on CBS Sports Radio, and if Aiden led the breadcrumbs of that, that's enormous. It's a big win for him as a young guy trying to cut his teeth in the business and try to show out a little bit. If he helped the network get one of its biggest guests of draft week... That's a that's a big win for him. That's a big that's a big show for him. Huge carrot, huge carrot. Give the kid a lot of credit. Goes in there and hustles. So is he going to continue to help you out and to help grease the skids maybe on booking some guests? I think for sure. I think that's a good fit for him, especially if that's a challenge he's looking for. And look, DA, you know me. Anything that can help my job and make my job and alleviate any stress, oh, I'm yeah. always going to be in favor of. And I think especially now as we enter a time post-NFL draft where we get into NBA playoffs, maybe trying to get some fresh, different NBA guests. Obviously, the Stanley Cup playoffs are here. And then we have a little bit of a – although it's going to be a brief summer before football training camps start because the NBA Finals should carry us right into the Hall of Fame game this year, incredibly. So – I think the creativity following the NFL draft of guests, yeah. I'm going to lean on Aiden a little bit. If you've got great ideas, I'm open to hearing them, Aiden, and let's see what we can do. Interesting. So you're not worried at all about a PIP situation where perhaps Aiden starts booking more elite guests than you had booked and starts putting a negative light on you. I'm not worried about a PIP situation from this standpoint. Connor Green has allowed me to breathe easier because I have readily admitted that Connor Green was better than me at many aspects of my job. I would even say including guest booking. And if at this stage here on April 27, 2021, I haven't already been pipped by Connor Green, I feel like I could survive not being pipped and more so just uh, as long as I acknowledge and give those credit like I will give Aiden credit. I don't. I think it makes it easier for me not to be pipped. It's a working with situation. So this is interesting. Is this is this working for or against the show? Are you since you feel so comfortable in your security on the show, will it allow you to take more of a breather and relax and let these other guys do harder work, or does it motivate you to say like, oh wow, Aiden helped me get Trey Lance and he got me to Kimes. Now I want to step up and do something big as well. Go a little toe for toe. I think it's a combination of both. It should also be noted, Aiden didn't call Trey Lance personally and get him. He helped me get a contact that led to Trey Lance. And if he's going to do a lot of that, including having ideas and leading me to get other guests, I'm still putting in a lot of legwork to get that. But maybe, just maybe, his other avenues of searching might be just an extra set of eyes that I wouldn't have thought of, of an avenue of how to get a guest or something like that. I'm still putting in the legwork, but maybe while I have so many focuses on other things within the show, it does open up and just give a little refresher to be able to open things up. I don't think there's any comfortability at all, Uh, and if there's any denying that, look no further than what I had to go through to pick up Bogus's crumbs to help him out with the boomer argument, working an extra hour at nighttime trying to find audio he couldn't find because he couldn't get me the right time. The hard work's still there. (laughs) Well, Connor's probably going to have to help us out here soon because we got guys going on vacation as the summer months come along 
So if Pete's out, Connor slides in. Well, I, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, DA. I, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be public. Connor's told me Connor's been hired full-time by the company. I have been made aware of that. I didn't know if that was public knowledge. I believe it is because the job has started. Okay. So Connor ended up, there was movement at WFAN in New York, and we're all parent company of, of CBS slash Odyssey. So WFAN had an opening in the midday producer slot. That put a guy by the name of Pete Hoffman into that slot. That's Moose and Maggie's producer. And that meant that his slot, a full-time slot, which was nights and weekends opened up on the fan full-time. That means Connor's going to be full-time over there, which is great. He's been busting his butt for many years trying to get full-time and finally is. That's the type of commitment it is to just become full-time, let alone you know move up in the ranks. So that's a really cool thing for him. But I, I've been told that when we need Connor, that Connor is still allowed to come and help us out. That is huge, and that is refreshing, because I kind of got the feeling we would have him for now, but the ultimate transition would be having him more work more locally down the line, but who knows how far down the line that could be. Well, look, I, uh, I'm i like Brady talking to Jason Light and Bruce Arians. It's like, hey, I just want to let you know, I want Gronk here, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what the – I'll tell Gronk how much to take. Okay, how much you guys can offer him, but I need I need Gronk over here, and I think we should sign Leonard Fournette as well. I I said I am all for Connor getting full time. I just want to make sure that when we still need him, he's available. They said we can we can give you that we can because he's Huge. he's too good. I mean, last week what he does on Friday, out of nowhere, a green party about the top three game shows of all time. You know, you kind of think on the surface like, oh, this is. How funny could this be? It's just the top three game shows. But I knew something kind of goofy and funny like that he would nail. And when he goes into, of course, the ongoing storyline joke that he kept bringing back as the hook, which is Bob Barker's alive because I had messed that up, <laughs> was so funny and so good. It was like a real stand-up act that he kept, he kept bringing it back. It's a callback. It's what it's called in, in stand-up. It's a callback joke. He kept doing it, which was brilliant. But also, his number two greatest game show ever was Family Feud because he says now it's just become Steve Harvey trying to lead the audience into offensive jokes and inappropriate humor. And he's so right. I mean, if you ever watch it, like the only clips that ever go viral is, you know, kind of begging and fishing for these families to say something somewhat offensive. Uh, it's It's beyond true. Yes, yeah, so... Long story longer, we need to make sure we have Connor for those kind of situations here moving forward. It's so good. Yeah, so we have to have him as part of the show. So I know that we had on the horizon a potential two other prospects this week before the NFL draft. What is the, what's the early signs of that, and were those two helped out by Aiden and Marquette? Absolutely were. As a matter of fact, the – grouping them all in under the same they were under the same agency it was a past relationship that we had established in our radio row interviews in other words he gave me a contact of somebody at this agency to go through and i realized through looking at this i said wait a minute oh i know somebody else there and that was what i'm talking about with another set of eyes he might have given me that and that might have been the only avenue that might have been a dead end but seeing that and understanding okay they're there i could go through this route to get them that was pretty important i left off at saturday with significant back and forth over four days where one of the prospects was finishing up, I believe, on Monday, their finals and everything. And I don't want to reveal who that is yet. 
potential first rounder, if not high second rounder from a big program, and another, I would say, top flight first round wide receiver in this draft was included. And both of those under the same agency. I was led to believe I was going to hear something on Monday where they really wanted to get these prospects on. They like our show a lot. I did not. So I have already sent a follow-up email during the show on Tuesday, hoping that we could arrange something for Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. But again, I don't want to lock anything because it's out of my control. But I felt very positive and have a relationship with these people that I really am trusting that we will get one of them. When our bosses heard we were having Trey Lance on... They alerted the rest of the company because the rest of the company, all of our CBS affiliates, wanted to potentially have the audio to play on their shows. And specifically, Boston was interested in the interview because, of course, he's been connected to the Patriots. And one of the things that we were going to send along to our bosses and the Boston affiliate, WEI, is his answer about how it would feel to fill in for Tom Brady if, indeed, he was drafted by the Patriots. And he answered well, I feel like I've already gone through this by replacing Easton Stick at North Dakota State. <laughs> Do you think we will hear back from any affiliates, including Boston's WEEI, about them playing that audio and melting down because he compared Tom Brady to Easton Stick? I certainly hope so, and I believe that if, hey, look, EEI and Boston and everybody over there is going to be very interested in that. And how do you not? They are so high-strung about Tom Brady, so much so that we had Jim Murray on talking about being a Buck fan now. That's how much you care about Tom Brady. That when you throw a name like Easton Stick out there, who is very important in the lore of North Dakota State, but frankly would not register in New England, yeah, I think there would be some meltdown over how could this guy come in and be our quarterback if he thinks this is the same as replacing Easton Stick. I would expect some meltdowns there as well. And I alluded to this at the end of the show, I think Boise might have some talk topic uh, out out in all our friends at KTIK, knowing that they could have had Trey Lance as their quarterback, potentially, so he says, but he chose, quote, winning national championships at North Dakota State over playing D1 here at Boise State. I would have to imagine that might tick off some people in Boise as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so that was an interesting conversation. You know, it, it harkens back to when we had Mahomes and Darnold on, and we've had some other guys in studio and before they got drafted it would be good maybe a project for Aiden is to go back and listen to the draft capsules or the the conversations that we had rather of guys before they got drafted and to find the real interesting nuggets because I mean I forget all the guys that we had drafted because at the time you know you have no idea how they're gonna how they're gonna be but I wonder like how many pro bowlers we've interviewed before they've got drafted a good point. And we've had other first-rounders on not quarterbacks. One that comes to mind because I thought he was going to be a slam-dunk Hall of Fame pass rusher, never alluded to. We had Shaq Lawson on before he got drafted. That was pretty big. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson was another guy. Actually just got a big payday from the Vikings we've had on. There are definitely guys we are forgetting here. But, yeah, there, there has to be a list if you go back and search the DA show archives around this time every year of a ton of these guys looking back and seeing how they ended up. So you don't have a master list of all the, the prospects that we've had on the on the show. We'd have to have him comb through our podcast. Definitely. I, I did not. I mean, I, obviously the big ones jumped to mind, but I never Excel spreadsheeted, hey, this draft we had this guy on. And, and frankly, looking back, that's the kind of stuff I like looking back. That probably is something I should have kept track of, like the 12 DAs every year. So how can we do this? How can we allow Aiden to do this? Well, I think the best route would be to, I mean, you could obviously Google search any of the DA show stuff and dates, and I would look up the, the weeks leading up into the draft, the week or two before each of the drafts, the last six, seven years, 
and you should be able to archive through or far comb through and find the DA shows from those weeks as they are buried through the cloud, and you'll be able to see what guests we've just had on Google that searching one. them. You can look I, that's up how I've done it. That's how all I of found our guests homes. ever in Google search. A lot of them you can, yeah. Like if I Google search right now, uh, Google, um, not Google, the DA show, Shaq Loss. I bet you I could find the exact date he was on. Right, but you, that, but that means you would have to also Google the name True. of the player. So how would you find out who we've had on? It's a good question. Without knowing the name, could you just search? All right. That's something I'm going to have to think of and not stump my way through on a podcast. That's a good okay. way to think of it. Hmm. Yeah. So we got we to gotta give, we got to arm Aiden right. with that information so that he can go back. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be a way to go back through all of our titles of podcasts. Has to be. Has to be. But I, I, honestly, right now I am drawing a blank on how you would search that. There definitely is a way. They live forever. So there is a way. It's a matter of the keywords to find that way. I mean, we have every minute of every show ever recorded on a big, huge archive back at, at CBS Control. Right. You you don't want to have to listen to eight years of DA show just to right. Find out who yes, in theory you could you could jump around. That that's actually a good outlet too, though. That wouldn't be as hard as you'd think. You could go back to the weeks of each of those shows and. Basically, the beginning of every segment, you would know if there was a guest, or just listen to the your opening. You always detail the guests that would be coming up on the show. If you listen to just the five minute open of every show of the week of the draft each year, you'd probably be able to find it. Well, and we've we've had on prospects before, just the week of. We've had the week, on probably right, all the weeks of. So you'd probably listen to the start of every episode, every show, the top of every show at six a.m. or whatever the start time was. Of every show in April, and you'd probably be able to find 95% of the prospects we had on. That's a great – that's probably the best way to do it. Obviously, it would be less needle in a haystack, a little time-consuming, but not as crazy time-consuming as going through the entire shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listening to every show ever in April for eight years would be a little Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about, extra set of ears. I would have never thought of it the way you just put it. Though. It's a good idea. So today, you had mentioned this at the outset of the PGP that you and Bogish kind of got into it a little bit because <laughs> you and I have been against Bogish fighting about this Tom Brady jersey number thing. Tom Brady last year, or last week rather, said that the jersey number changes for the NFL is going to lead to bad football. He called it dumb, all caps, at mentioned his own players association and the league, and so he's been opinionated about this apparently nobody else thinks this is a big that big a deal but boomer esiason was tipped off by geo that we were fighting about it so boomer talked about it and you went through yesterday all of geo and boomer you couldn't find it you found another anecdote that we played in soundcheck but then pete found the chunk and that tommy top spin a d alien had tweeted you about this and then bogues found it and you felt like bogues unfairly threw you under the bus for lack of work there is no question, and I will press Bogish on this a little bit. This is maybe something for a Festivus at the end of this year, and it's probably something I forget every year. If I were to have one gripe with Andrew Bogish, it is that unlike you, Pete, Kaplan, and me, he is the biggest non-team player when it comes to hearing audio and informing the show on how to get said audio. For instance, I can oh, really? give you an example just on Friday, you were in the car listening to WFAN and you in New York, and you tipped off an exact time and emailed everybody on the show, hey, this is the time, the audio. It ended up being the audio about Josh Elliott, which led to the epic fail. It was very funny. We wanted that. 
Pete has done stuff in the past where he will he will say, hey, I heard this. It happened at this time during a Yankee game. Maybe we'll get a great John Sterling funny moment. Andrew Kaplan has actually sent us already cut audio that he thinks would be great for the show or sent us tweets which encapsulate the audio, and we'd have that. I have done the same, hey, between this time and this time right. here on a timestamp. What Andrew Bogus is the king of behind the scenes is, hey, just so you know, uh, this is what Boomer was talking about this. Okay, well, it's four hours. What is it? He'll wait 15 hours to give you a timestamp. At that point, you know, we've already done Needle in a Haystack, or he's done it in the past where, hey, I don't know if you guys saw this. This happened. He'll leave it in our G chat. And there's basically, we have to go, or mainly me because I'm the one that finds the audio, a witch hunt on how to get it where everybody else will give you and give you a nice directive and just streamline the process. And that was my beef with Andrew Bogus. This is a guy defending you in Boomer Esiason. You know he talked about it. You were already texting Geo. Don't give me that you gave me a timestamp at 8.09 when I've already done the work for the night. And by the way, we find out today the timestamp you gave me was wrong. So had I gone back and even done more work, you would have drove me insane because you had the wrong time. Bogus is the king of that. One thing he's got to clean up his act on. <laughs> I know that if I'm in studio, I can access every minute of every show, as long as I know what time it happened, of CBS Sports Radio. I know that I can do that with News Radio 880. I know I can do that with WFN in New York. And I have accessed that audio and pulled clips for the show. It is our archiver. And this is what I'm talking about. We have every minute of every show, you know, um, saved. Now, Bogues kind of acted like he didn't know how to do this. Does he not know that the fan is archived the same exact way CBS Sports Radio is archived, or is he saying he can't do it from home? I, it, he is lying if he's saying he can't do it from home, because all of us now, it's been over a year of doing this stuff at home. Even if you didn't know, like I was very novice to the, okay, how do I access this stuff remotely? And all I had to do was send one email. I got back from a tech one of our people in IT, they walked me through it. It was real simple, and I've taught myself, and I've mastered it. It's how I pull the epic fail and cut the epic fail and everything that goes on every day, get sound check clips. What shocks me is Bogish is so diligent and so hands-on, so detailed, and he also has his own audio. He seemingly pulls off our what we call our Burley system for cuts that are already cut. It shocks me that he is throwing up his hands going, right, this is too foreign to me. I don't know how to do this. That just seems so not what Bogus is, is like, and that's what really blew my mind. He absolutely can. He has the same exact ability I have from home to do the same exact thing. This is him just frankly not knowing. And again, it's okay if you don't know, but then say you don't know or ask somebody to show you. It's not that hard. So are you going to ask him about this on Side yes. B? Yes. Oh, I got – this is the first time I'm entering Side B. A little annoyed with Bogus <laughs> in a long time. So I'm not looking to fight and make this a fighting Side B. But I would like to, you know, basically say my piece and get some answers from him. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm with you that Bogues, I mean, th this guy is attention to detail to the utmost degree with all of his updates. I would think that if he knew something happened on the fan, especially considering that they carry Yankee games, that or Giants games or some Ranger games or Nets games, that he would absolutely know how to access all of those highlights. Yeah, and and yeah, I don't I don't think Bogus is like other anchors I've met, and by anchors I mean the guys that give the updates on all these shows. But I remember distinctly a couple of years ago in the past, 
we would be overwhelmed in the newsroom. I was cutting a lot of audio, and there were several update anchors that this would always come up where they needed something that wasn't done in time. And when the issue got brought up even by bosses, hey, you know how to cut this. Go edit the audio yourself on the audio. A lot of these guys didn't want to do it, and their mindset was if they teach us how to do it, then soon that will just become part of our job, and we don't get paid enough to do that. So it's like this undercutting in the business of we never want to show the bosses we know how to do more than the bare minimum because then we're going to be asked to do more than the bare minimum regularly, and we're not doing that. And I just hope that this isn't one of those cases with Bogus because he never struck me as one of those guys. Who were the guys that were spearheading that effort? The effort of we don't want to do more audio? We don't want anybody to know that we can do more. Well, I mean, Rich Ackerman is the, is the <laughs> king of it. I mean, he it, there's no – Ack would hover over you and watch you and know how to cut the audio and watch to make sure you're doing it for him. When, I, you know, you'd be in the middle of something else and be saying, you know, you're doing literally nothing but standing over me. Why can't you be the one doing this right now? And the argument was always, if I if they know I know how to do this, then I'm going to be asked to do it more. What kind of argument is that? Just if you want it so bad, get the, get the job done. And that and that inherently, as we're down this tangent, is always what bothered me when I'm considered lazy. I mean, people don't know what goes on behind the scenes with some of the employees here. You want to see lazy? I got a laundry list for you. <laughs> I wonder if that's also an ACK union thing as well. You know, you could only imagine ACK at a factory, and they're like, we have to get these toasters done. We've got to get them off the conveyor belt. You've got to get make sure that the lever's on and acts like I I can't put the lever on. You're doing nothing. You're standing over people's shoulders watching them put the levers on. Now I I, I can't do it because union contract says, you know, you gotta be on this line to do the levers right. and that's that's a dollar less per hour than I make, you know. It's like, it makes no sense to me. And look, I'm pro unions and everything like that, but to me, radio and media is such a timely okay, we need something, everything's time sensitive. If you know, all else fails, you gotta be able to know how to take care of something for yourself if it's that important. And and these guys just don't want to do it. And again, it's just there's a little inkling of that here with bogus that I hope is not not true. And let me tell you, I am wired for better or worse, not saying this is better, but the complete opposite. I would rather do it than let anybody else do it. Even to my own detriment. Let me do it because I know I'll do it right. Now, if somebody else is going to do it and I can do something else, fine. But in terms of cutting audio or writing scripts or producing something, I'm always like, let me do it. And here is Ak going, I know how to do it. I need it done, but I'm not going to do it. I need to watch you do it because they're not allowed to know that I know how to do this. <laughs> and DA, you doing that is something that I probably have given you the most compliments for to other people on the staff working other shows and something I actually internally now get knocked the most for. When we were back in studio and you would go out and there would be certain audio you'd want for a segment and I'd be in the middle of whatever, answering calls, cutting other stuff. You would go out, maybe not even tell us, and you would just start cutting audio. You knew where it was, how to do it. It was efficient. That that was your mindset. And I would have guys like Tom DeCelestino come back in the studio and go, you realize how bad and pathetic you look right now? The DA's out there cutting the audio? It was something you should be doing. And I used to turn around, that's the best part of DA. He, you know, no nonsense. He's going to get it done for the show. Yeah, but now you look lazy. And then us, we look lazy. It became, a, so it's an endless circle. <laughs> it's an endless circle. If a guy like you takes, takes it and does it, somebody else gets knocked for not doing it. If a guy like me who's supposed to be cutting something does cut it, then the other guy who could be doing it gets knocked. Nobody's just happy that the job's getting done. Somebody's got to get bashed because somebody else is doing the job. It doesn't end. <laughs> So last week we did, how did this come up? 
how do we do on the air? I was defending cat people and dog people, but it was last week on the air. I don't know. Oh, how we somebody, got uh, the demon cats. Oh, right. Yeah. Alex Leatherwood of Alabama right. told Andrew Siciliano NFL Network that if he was asked by the NFL executive dog or cat person, he said dog person because cats are demons. And <laughs> Siciliano agreed. And there's this real anti-cat sentiment on sports Twitter, sports media Twitter that you see a lot that I just don't understand. I suppose the people like dogs because they're happy-go-lucky and outgoing and man's best friend, et cetera. But I, Rosie the Cat and I are, are best buds. But after that, my wife asked me, did you talk about that on side B or side A of the PGP? I said, no, we didn't get to it. <laughs> and today I want to address it because had – we started to talk about this today on the air. I'm not so sure I would have had the same take this morning. Oh, no. Yesterday, my mother-in-law came into town. She is visiting, and she brought the two wiener dogs. The two wiener dogs travel with my mother-in-law because they're a little older, and my father-in-law has long, long hours, and so he wouldn't be able to come home to walk the wiener dogs. They're a little older, so they need to go out relatively often. So she travels with the wieners. So when they, they come down to, to visit, they come down with the wieners. And so we've got the two wieners here. And Rosa the cat doesn't have another pet to hang out with. So when she's around the wiener dogs, oh, man, she goes crazy. I think she really likes having other pets around, but it really winds her up. And so she's knocked out of her normal routine. She's not staying in her normal bedroom where she stays because that's the guest bedroom. And so she's kind of relegated to a different part of the house. I think she's a little uncomfortable with that. And so this morning... At about 4 in the morning, she just starts going buck wild. Four, now, I figure I can get up, feed her a little bit of cat chow. She'll calm down, go back to bed, and I can lay back down for a few minutes, and my wife can stay asleep. Oh, no, not today. Rosie is running, rampant, picking, jumping on the bed. She, she does this thing with the toilet uh, paper where she unrolls the entire <laughs> toilet paper like on the ground. cartoon? On the, yeah, on the ground. She just can't settle down. It's 4. It's 4.30. It's 5. It's 5.15. My wife feeds her again. 5.30. Now she's going just crazy. And at like 5.45, I can hear this commotion in the other room, and I'm trying to get her, her calm down. And my wife is like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I, I got to get ready for the show. I'm sorry. I just I got we're going on the air. So Rosa this morning was, she was, she had a little hellish demon cat in her this morning. So I, I don't know if today I would have had the same take that I had. I think both my wife and I today are uh, quite tired because of Rosie's <laughs> aunt. Yeah, were the wiener dogs still there? Was this remnants of this? Wiener dogs are still here. Yeah, they got here yesterday. Yeah. So you so think she, just I, because she's displaced right now, she's she's had it? I think she's displaced, and I think she's wound up because there's other pets in the house, and so she's she's got a lot of extra energy, and oh. so that that and, must be it. There was also they, a full moon last night too, and that and I was going to say this is where inherently I think the difference between a dog and cat comes into play. A dog goes buck wild, where you know Eli's drinking out of the toilet, running back and forth, <laughs> knocking down Taylor, you know the chaos that ensues in my house. I could strap him up with a leash and take him for a mile walk, and it calms him down. You, you, people don't really walk cats. Can't walk a cat. So that's not like an option for a calm down. It's basically like you just have to let Rosie wreck the house. When yeah. she's tired, you're done. <laughs> Can't walk the cat. Yeah, so let's hope that it gets better. But uh, the wiener dogs are here all week, so we'll see how... 
as the week like, goes on. Like playing back-to-back games in L.A. versus the Rams and Chargers. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna settle up here. We're not gonna fly back east. We're gonna stay here. Yeah, yeah. We're setting up uh, camp in Fresno this week. So, <laughs> like when the Patriots got to stay in Denver before <laughs> playing in Mexico City. Also, this is so great. So I'm up really early, and I'm just, like, waiting for Rosie to calm down. And I'm like, you know what? I can barely keep my eyes open already. It's before the show. I'm going to go downstairs and make myself a sandwich. So I go downstairs, make myself a sandwich, and I, I wanted to make it a little bit like a grilled cheese. So I wanted to melt the cheese, so I put it in a little pan and melted it on both sides to put the cheese over the – it was a turkey and, and Swiss or a turkey and American cheese – and it starts smoking like a little bit too much because oh. of the butter. And I'm like, oh, no. If the, if the alarm goes off this morning, oh. this is going to be hellish. So I got to open up the screen door and I got to turn on the fan and make sure that the alarm doesn't go off. Luckily, it doesn't. But now I'm on high alert. I'm like, okay, let, let's just calm down here. Rosie's still running around, going buck wild. I, I come into the studio and I've got these two lights on tripods that are about mm, seven, eight feet high, maybe seven feet high. And one of which, you know, I try to alter it a little bit because there was a glare on the backstop, uh, the back screen, and it starts wobbling and falls down before the oh. show, smashing on the ground. Luckily, it didn't break, but I'm like, oh, now the wiener dogs and my mother-in-law are probably up because they just oh. had a, a studio light crash above them. Because <laughs> my studio, my office studio is on the second floor. They're on the first floor. So oh. this morning was just, it was... A lot of action. Too much action for 4 a.m. How are you not exhausted right now? Getting there. Going to be a nice nap in my, in my oh, future. Yeah, unless Big Rosie nap. doesn't let you. Rosie's very good about naps during the day. She does like naps during the day. Thank goodness. She just doesn't like sleeping at night. And I would swap those two. I would prefer her sleep when it's dark and be awake when it's daytime. But she prefers, you know, she's like a college kid. Like, she likes to stay up. <laughs> well, maybe she's a little bit like a... Maybe she's more like a garbage man, actually. She likes to sleep between, like, 10 a.m. and 4 a.m. Or 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. And then at 4 a.m., she's up and she just goes crazy. And then she sleeps during the day. But she loves being up at, like, 4 or 5 a.m. Well, if she starts honking outside the house at Christmas time looking for the tip, then you know she really is a garbage man. Uh, so I want to ask you one more thing. Uh, uh, well, I want you to ask Bogish one more thing. Uh, we had to clarify this, but did you get the sense – that when Pete was looking for your clip or the clip about Boomer Esiason that you couldn't find about Brady, that he had found the specific clip and they were kind of shoving it in your face over Chat today because I thought that it sounded like Pete had found the actual clip and they were kind of like doing a touchdown dance on you. And then we find out Pete had just pulled a 15-minute chunk and sent it to, to Bogues to find the clip. Right, exactly. And by the way, Pete never chimed in on the chat. So my guess is Bogus misinterpreted what Pete had, but Bogus couldn't wait. Yeah, see how quick Pete got it for me? Uh. Like that was it. And as it all unraveled, you realize that Bogus had not had given us the wrong time, so Pete had pulled the wrong time chunk. Bogus heard a Sam White story, assumed it was at the same time that I pulled the, the Jersey story we played on Soundcheck, turned out wrong story. So what you had there was Bogish not double-checking his work, something I'm killed for a lot, didn't double-check what Pete had pulled, in essence made Pete look bad, tried to make me look bad, 
Kaplan then made Bogus look bad by telling him he should have just went to the podcast feed in which Bogus had to. <laughs> but it was such a premature celebration by Bogus where there was so much factually wrong and nothing there had been solved yet. <laughs> so you got to ask Bogus about that because he kind of clarified it on the show, but I'd like to know if he thought that Pete had found it within two minutes because that was going to make you really look bad if it took right. you four hours and couldn't find it and Pete found it in two minutes. But that's not actually how it went down. It was by far the biggest win I will have on the week, all week on the show, <laughs> was that it wasn't found in two minutes. That was enormous for me. Huge for you. Huge. All right. Well, that is side A. Get down to business on side B. Doody doody howdy. Howdy howdy do. Doody doody howdy. How are you? Bogus, hello, it's Side B of the PGP. I am Mraz, executive producer of the DA Show and host of Side B. Joined by the bogeyman, Andrew Bogish. Bogey, 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 what's up? <laughs> what's up, Sean? <laughs> no good, no good. You've broken me. <laughs> good, because you almost broke me today. And that's where we lead off. The behind yeah. the scenes, Bogish v. Mraz over... Bogish having Boomer Esiason in his corner and not knowing how to pull audio. You heard DA and I just discussing a lot of this on side A. So now we get the Bogish perspective. Right off the bat, Bogish. Let us just say, you tried flexing on me like it took, took me two minutes, took Pete two minutes to find this audio, and you couldn't have been more wrong. Can I start with an apology before we go into all the details? I'm an adult. I am a gentleman. I will absolutely admit my mistakes. I was off by one hour on a timestamp. I did, though, the only thing I did right in the sequence was attempt to give you the time to go find the clip, and then you gave up on it. But yes, uh, I was I was wrong reading off a tweet from Tommy Topspin during the show on Monday morning, um, and then I was wrong about what directly preceded the boomer clip thinking that you should have heard it and you you shouldn't have because i was wrong on that front as well it was not my best efforts from a clerical perspective uh that is certainly um the, the case but i really i still think the biggest flex was not from me it was from da who came out of the shoot an hour number two on tuesday and asking you how crappy your morning had been because of all of this so he was the one trying to flex on you and i kind of let him down now, I just talked to DA, so we're not going to go harp and crush DA. DA was a little annoyed that I spelled Austin Eckler wrong, but I think he's kind of like a beaten man, and that just kind of comes with the territory. You, you take a spelling error every day, and we go from there. Now, as far as you go, because this is the focus is on you here. Now, you ended Monday's show, or we talked about this, Monday's show, and I said, Bogus has backup. He better go find that audio. You didn't. You didn't notify me that you weren't aware of how to find audio, which we'll get to in a second, even though Kaplan flexed back on you and told you to go to the podcast feed, you dummy. Number two, what happened? I just had to say you dummy there. That felt really good. Yeah. Number two, when I unfold and go to do unfold, as I basically take my stomach out of my shirt and let it flap all over my thighs, as I sit there with my computer at night, <laughs> And I go through and I try to organize, you know, all the topics we should be hitting on for the next morning show. So this would have been Monday night to Tuesday morning. I last week had made a boneheaded error where I flat out forgot a guest on the show. And to be frank, as my daughter, every week she gets older, it becomes more chaotic in my house nearing bedtime, which is in theory when I like to get these topic lists done. Because my wife likes me to put aside work and, hey, can we sit down, watch a little, even if I'm watching a Yankee game, can we just relax on the couch and 
quiet time. You could attest to this, Bogish, when your kid finally goes to bed. A little peace and quiet mommy-daddy time. So I like to get the work done. So it's taken me a little longer to do all the work because I am combing through Boomer Geo. I'm clicking through all four hours. Obviously, I'm not going to sit there for four hours and listen to the show. I need to, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of just listening to chunks. And like you had found, there were several mentions of the bangles and uniforms and everything that went on through the show, which led us down to the sound check. Yada, yada, yada. I throw my hands up. I went to the Tommy Topspin tweet that I had. I did not get a tweet that said, hey, at 8.15, this happened yesterday. I got a tweet that simply said, Boomer Size had said this, tag Boomer. And I saw the time was 10 hours earlier, which would have... So that's when I really focused and said, it's got to be here around 9.20, because that was 10 hours early. It was not, as we later find out, it was around 8.15 Eastern. I ended up finding what I thought was a great sound check clip, so not all was lost. But then your flex back was, well, hold on, I gave you the time. And I should have went back and found it. Now, let me just take you a little inside the, the Mraz household. If I break that laptop back out because I see you've emailed me a new time and tell my wife, hold on here. We're actually settling down to watch one of these HBO shows, this mayor of Easttown that started. Hold on here. I got to go find this. And then not only would she have been angry at that, you had given me the wrong time in that email. If I couldn't find it beyond that, you would have caused mass problems for me in this household last night. Mass problems, which is why when I'm done with work for the night, I was done. So for you to flex back and say, well, I gave you a time, a general area. Then, as DA point, first of all, any response to that? Anything? Well, I, I think, I'm, I, I don't know if I can pull this back up. The problem is, I was 100% wrong. I mean, I can't, I can't you know, explain that away. I was wrong on the time. I said 7.15, it was 8.15. But the flex that seems to have bothered you from that I said came from you initiating the snark in our G chat. Like I only said, I sent you a time after you said something snippy. I'm trying to scroll back through and there's so many messages here that I'm not going to find it quick enough, but like you started it, not, not me. And then you immediately got defensive because I just had responded to you. Like, yeah, this is you wrote. Well, it helps when you give an exact time. Yes. So you started flexing at me and so I just wrote back, yeah, I did. I replied to your email at 8 o'clock with an exact time. Now, well, yes, that exact time was wrong, and it would have led you to doing <laughs> to doing wasted effort. But I only said that because you said something first. Well, here's what I will tell you. In the history of the last four years of the DA show since we've all been joined, and especially this year working from home, the one negative criteria spin I could put on the job Andrew Bogish does is that – if Kaplan hears something, he actually will send fully edited audio. If Pilati hears something, hey, I heard this and so-and-so at this time, we always have timestamp. If I find something, I make sure Pete has a timestamp to pull that. If DA finds something like he did with the uh, Josh Elliott's an idiot, he gives us a timestamp on that. You are the king of, hey, Boomer said this, here's your witch hunt. I'm not going to tell you what time it is. And your defense back was, well, I gave you a time, but you gave me a time 15 hours after you told us he said it. So where everybody else chips in on times, that was where my snark came from. I've had it with you not giving times and just throwing out there, hey, this audio happened, go find it. Help us out a little bit. How 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 many times have I said Boomer said this, go find not, it? What are you talking about, about right now? It's not about just with Boomer. You'll, you've said it in the past where you might have saw something online was like, hey, supposedly this is being said right now, and you won't even give us a time. It'll just be, hope you can go find it. It's, you can deny it all you want. I mean, if, a if you... 
if you think I have a pattern of doing this, then I guess I'm sorry, but I literally have no idea well, what you're talking about right now. The last thing I sent the group was a week tweet. It's not weekly. I would say it's happened five or six times where, put it this way, if you find something juicy for the show, right, we're all a team here, whenever it is that you're the one that finds something juicy, there's never any direction on, hey, here is this, go find it. It's always, I heard this, and that's it. Hey, if you can want something for the show, there's no links, there's no times, and, you know, again, it's not it's not often, so I don't want to call it a pattern, but when it does happen, you're the contributor on the show that never gives us a direction on how to get that audio. So I still maintain, and it's still true, I don't know how to get sound from WFAN archives from sitting at my desk at home. And even if I did, I'd be nervous to do it. I would never want to mess up an FAN thing, but I physically don't know how to do it. So I don't know how to do it. And I'm mad at myself that I didn't think of the podcast feed that Kappa mentioned this morning. And then once he did, I found that and I found the clip within 10 minutes because I know I can, I can do it once I have instructions. So again, if this is somehow a problem that I've caused that it's completely unaware of, just somebody tell me how I can get to a WFAN folder without ruining WFAN. And if this ever happens again, I, I will find it myself because I know that I can once I have instructions, but I've got no instructions. Okay, which leads me to point number three. Okay. How is it that somebody as – and this is actually a compliment to you. It's going to sound backhanded, but it's not. How is it that somebody so detail-oriented such as yourself, somebody – with the updates, and you always have some kind of unique sound. You're great with stun doing news and everything that goes with it and the pronunciations. Everything's so detail-oriented. We are a year into working from home, and you don't know how to full or how to, how to find audio off our logger? Like, that is incredible no, because, to me. No, be, because I, I'm using, a like, a weird remote, not-in-studio version of... It's a website. It's not even the comp- the desktop but program. But so am I. I'm using the same thing. Okay. But did somebody tell you how to find it? I had to ask. I said, how do we right. do this Okay, that, that, That's exactly my point. And to, and to be honest, there are a lot of – but we're talking about things that are not necessarily – like pulling audio from WFAN is not my job. Like and I'm not saying like uh-huh. when I suggest audio. I'm just saying like it's not part of my job. Normally, like my day-to-day skills, my day-to-day requirements don't have me pulling audio from WFAN shows. So how would I how would I know how to do that? You, because you do sound check, you are constantly pulling audio. So of course you know how to do it. Pete knows how to do it because it's also part of Pete's job. But me going back and pulling a Boomer and Carton clip or a Geo clip or a Evan Roberts or a Beningo clip, that's not part of my job. No one's ever explained it to me. And in the building, I would have never touched any of their stuff because it's not mine. It's it's FAN. I would never because you can. There are things you can get away with, and one of them obviously is not messing up an FAN thing. So like, I don't I don't understand why you're so confused by this. Why would I know how to pull audio off their logger? It's not ever my responsibility. All right. First of all, breathe. We're having fun here. There's nothing. This is not that serious. Number. <laughs> Number two. We're on the third point of my shortcomings here. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fine, what? but I'm not to defend myself. We've been, exactly. We've been through my shortcomings before. I'm glad you walked down this tightrope because I just went over this with DA. There has been for a long time amongst anchors that work at CBS Sports Radio WFAN this notion of 
we better never know how to do one slight thing extra. Could be cutting audio, could be anything like this, because then once we know how, they'll always ask us to do it, and we don't get paid enough to do it. Do you come from that line of thinking? Is that why you're saying, quote, this isn't my job? No, I just don't do things that I don't know how to do. I know that I can physically do it because you said on the air, like, you know, computers, like I, I know computers. So when I found the podcast feed on the website, I was able to record it and edit it on my computers. I know how to do that part of it. And then I have, cause I know those skills. I, you, I could, I'm logged into the website right now that I use to find sound in the morning. I don't know where to go off of here where I would find any of ours or FANs, or I'm assuming 880 or 1010 wins in here too, but I don't know where I would even go to find the recorded hours to then scan a show to find a clip from. And look, you have to need something for the first time to, and obviously I had to have that a long time ago to learn how to do something. So I will amend and give you that. I would say going forward now, especially with this podcast notion that Kaplan's giving you, should this situation arise again, the answer wouldn't be, I don't know how to find it. Well, no, the situation is I'm never going to suggest audio again because I don't want to cut it now that I don't know how to do it. That's really the, that's the solution <laughs> there here. You, there you go. Now, the, the last and, and point that DA really wanted to know is there was a point in time on the show behind the scenes on our ongoing G-Chat where you were convinced that Pete had found the audio. You were ready to play said audio. Play, think this is, it also gets lost. You were going to hit play on the audio, and your computer shuts down. We don't hear you. It's the end yeah. of your first update. We then find out the following break. Pete did not find the audio. All Pete did was basically pull that chunk that you were unaware of how to pull of the time you gave him, which ends up, by the way, being the wrong time. So had you hit play first and foremost, what, you would have just hit play in a 15-minute chunk that wouldn't have even had the answer? You were prepared to do that? No, what, what you – I don't know exactly when my mic cut out, um, but I talked for – um. I don't know, a couple of seconds, not so like, and I, and I was thinking about what I was going to do after I saw Pete's, um, Pete's text, like during the two or three cuts that played during the update when I was not talking. So I was about to say, and last but not least, if you don't, DA, if you don't mind, like Pete has gotten the clip. So let me, you know, da, 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 boomer. Pete, can I, I was going to, I was going to ask Pete whether I should play it or he should. And then that would have, I guess, in theory, been the opening for him to go, oh, no, 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 it's not edited. We got to wait on it. So then that would have sounded awkward and dumb, but I don't think I ever would have hit play because I was going to ask Pete what to do with it. So he would have, I'm assuming, said, don't play it. So let's just think of the better sounding audio in that spot. Was your computer crashing and going out before we realized that you had thought Pete had pulled the audio and it wasn't in fact pulled, correct? It was also funny, too, that I, I I was prepared to play it up that you guys, like, turned me off to prevent me from playing boomer because you know what was you knew what was coming or you thought you knew what was coming and now you're sabotaging me for with you know keeping me from playing the boomer audio and by the way i I gotta i don't know if we're out of time just yet but and i don't know if you did it on purpose or not but all of us but da going in a completely different direction reading into all of these boomer comments what does this mean about brady to to in my head ignore the fact that Boomer laid waste to the two of you and Matt McGloin and Tom Brady and not even circling back to the fact that 
Boomer Esiason, an NFL MVP, had the same argument that I did that DA thought was so preposterous that he called me an idiot multiple times on the radio that he com- that you spent like seven seconds on that, but seven minutes on, that, on everything else. And now this entire podcast has been how dumb I was on Tuesday morning. And you still haven't pointed out the fact that Boomer and I won. Well, you didn't win. Because Tom Brady's still a better quarterback all time than Boomer, and what Tom Brady says matters which is, more than what Boomer says. Which is not it's not the argument. Whoever said that no one said Boomer is better than Brady. No, but, but I, if Boomer if shares say, my if, confusion, if, if that's you helpful. To, if you were to tell me, hey, Boomer size and has this view on this, but Tom Brady's really concerned about it, who do I trust more? My answer, unfortunately, I love Boomer, is gonna be Tom Brady. Or the well, but but okay, you can still be on Brady's side, but you in particular you seemed angry and disappointed at me on top of DA calling me an idiot. The fact that Boomer said the same thing therefore takes the idiocy off the table. You don't have to agree with me, but Boomer validating my point well, should have gotten a little bit of backpedaling from you guys the way you treated me on Friday and Monday. Okay, so I, I'm not going to apologize for the way I treated you. I'd treat you worse if I could. <laughs> number, I keep listing things. Number two, number two. Let me ask you something. If I were to list three quarterbacks, and this isn't an opinion thing, and you just need to list in the order of most recently played quarterback in the NFL, Tom Brady, Matt McGloin, and Boomer Esiason, where would that list find? Who's who's played the most furthest away? This is what you're. This is what you're going to now. You're you're yeah, still that, that to maybe like, Boomer's no. a little bit detached from playing the position. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Again, this is you playing tough from afar. You would never even say this to Boomer on the air. Or to his face sure or anything. And like, and listen, I'm not asking you to change your mind and come onto my side. My point is... I've played football that... more recently than Boomer Esiason has. All right. That can be your last sentence today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if that's you... your defense, then I got... There's nothing I can say. It doesn't matter. If you want to follow Tommy Topspin on Twitter, you could follow him at... <laughs> not at Tommy Topspin. Still why, junior why? whatever. This guy is like junior 18. Up. Why Why wouldn't it just be Tommy Topspin? I've had it with him, too. He's such a troll. And you can follow you, Bogish, on Twitter. At Tommy Topspin. <laughs> All right. And me, <laughs> at Tommy Topspin as well. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>